I, I got plenty of complaints. It involves the football <laughs> teams. Nothing, nothing to do with what's going on over here in our station. Dan Day back in the studios behind the wheels of steel. It is noon, high noon, college football getting underway. And Dan, um, throughout the day today, we got find us a sounder because um, we cannot are not allowed to do play by play of the college football games. It's very illegal. And so, I. We need a sounder so when we're getting too close to the illegal level because we're going to be watching football all day that you, that stops us from going keep keep going and that we could stop and not get in trouble for doing illegal play by play. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm your police. All right, yes, you. yeah, I know we have a Brian Flores sound in there where he's like, I guess I don't know. That that's the sound we used last week. But if we if you that can, was great though. But yes, but if you can find a better one, we'll we'll be all for it. Uh, just look for a Brian Flores stroke. It should come up uh, on the on the thing. That's our. That's the sound we used last weekend. You know, it's noon. College football. The Canes. We're four hours away from Canes football. We are against Bethune Cookman. Um, they're gonna win. Correct. They're they're gonna win by a good amount. A little slump buster mm-hmm. for the Miami Hurricanes. Correct. And and here we are. We're shot at zero two. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I I got we got some things to say. We're gonna expose some truths around here for the next three hours. Okay. We're gonna expose. Expose some truth. Some say the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, in this case, the microphone is mightier than the sword. <laughs> I like that one right there. <laughs> and so there's been some, you know, some things about this Miami Hurricanes team that they everything is great, everything's good, but it is not. Uh huh. And you know, look, we're gonna be we're gonna say some hard truths. And if you if you don't like it, I suggest you listen to the Fantasyland podcast <laughs> or follow the Miami Hurricanes <laughs> football on Twitter. They're still in Fantasyland. <laughs> the Fantasyland As, podcast. Um, <laughs> but. Because they had a thing on Sunday after the, they lost North Carolina. Uh-huh. They posted up a thing. Gerald Williams, 30 of 39. Uh, he's a freshman. It's only getting better. But nobody wants to hear that at 0 2. True. On the day after the game, that's all fluff. When you, I mean, it's all the Miami Hurricanes, they're not about, you know, fluff and statistics back uh-huh. in the old days. It's about winning. Correct. No, you can put up 500 yards. But if you're 0 2, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. By no, the way, I agree. This isn't, this isn't a knock on Jaron Williams. But at the same time, we can't be celebrating this quarterback. When years passed, everyone says the Miami Hurricanes are a quarterback away from being legit contenders. Correct. And now they finally have a somewhat decent quarterback, uh-huh. and they're on two. I'm not buying it. Okay, so let, you know what? Let me ask you this question because I know I was on last night from six to ten with uh, Zach, and Zach felt as if uh, for him to be satisfied coming out of this afternoon's game, that he would need Miami to put up at least seventy. I, I said at least 60. I mean, uh, to me, if they put up at least 60, I'm satisfied. But if they get under 60, then I'm – listen, I'm, I'm going to be highly upset. Um, I, I don't think – even if they win 70 to nothing, that's not going to change how I feel about the season. It, it is Bethune-Cookman. Now, Bethune-Cookman's a lot better than Savannah State. Correct. They beat 77 to nothing last year. Uh-huh. I believe Savannah State's now in Division Two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. No, yeah, they were they were transitioning down to Division Two, okay, but, so, and uh, they're Division Two officially. But but this is but this, honestly, this game's a waste of time. The ACC needs to get nine conference games, so and the SEC too. The SEC for us, it means more in the SEC, the best yes. conference in football. Play nine conference games. You don't need to play only eight conference games, and then have everybody guaranteed that FCS free pounding every yeah. every uh, once a year. But you know what though, I do feel as if uh, every school does need a tune-up game per se because you know you need to work out the kinks i, I mean, mean next week central michigan could be like you could you could play central michigan but not central michigan and bethune okay okay i get that yeah. that makes sense 
And so, yeah, I, I agree. I agree you need to have, like, you know, one. I, you don't want every game to be power five. True. You don't want, you know, a top 25 team every single game. Mm-hmm. And, you, yeah, you can you can afford one or two. Uh-huh. You know, and you, they also play FIU later in the season. They do. At, F, at Martins Park. But I think the, the FCS game, where I think, is where I would draw the line. The Pac-12, I believe they stopped playing. Or Big Ten outlawed FCS opponents. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, some uh, Big 12 and Pac-12, every now and then some team will play it. Uh, like I know West Virginia struggled with James Madison. Mm-hmm. But they, they're at nine conference games. They're at, they're at nine conference games, and the, the ACC and the SEC are still stuck at eight conference games. And it gets to the point where you're not you're barely playing teams in the other division, so much so that last night North Carolina and Syracuse, that was a non-conference game. Yes. That was a home-and-home home that they scheduled yeah. because they would, they would, would never play each other Correct. with this ACC format, only playing eight conference games, so they were forced to schedule a home-and-home home with non-conference last night. But you know what? I do take my hat off to the University of Miami for scheduling Florida yep. and then turning around and scheduling North Carolina because, I mean – People could say what they want to say about how North Carolina finished off the year last year, and even though they lost to you know a Wake Forest team that that's not ranked, but at the end of the day, those two games against Florida and uh, North Carolina, I mean, those aren't cupcake games by well, any stretch of the I mean, imagination. North Carolina is a conference game, and then that was the AC's first ever like ACC network ACC primetime game, correct? Uh-huh. At North Carolina, and look, they, they did schedule Florida, and then the years to come, they have Notre Dame, they have. Florida again in a home uh-huh. and home. They have Texas A and M in a home yeah. and home. They got next year. They start a home and home with uh-huh. Michigan State, but they also got their their UABs, Correct. the Temples, uh, the Southern Miss, and they have another game with Appalachian State. That's the second leg of that home and home. Remember they mm-hmm. played it at Appalachian State yeah. a few years back. But there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just against the F- the FAMU. I mean, they have a great band. I know. Uh-huh. So does yes, Bethune. Yes. And so does Bethune. <laughs> but, so, but Savannah State should be – obviously it will be outlawed now because they're in Division mm-hmm. Two now. They won't be on the schedule anymore. But I feel like we're not going to learn anything today. Uh, 70 to nothing, I'm not going to feel any different about the season. This is That's what's supposed to happen. Okay. And I know the spread is only around 41 points. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be somewhere like around 45 to 7. That's what I think the score is going to be around. Okay, but on the flip side – how would you feel if, let's just say Miami only put up, let's just say 45 points instead of, you know, 70. 65 or 70? I, I, I'd feel, I mean, I'd feel about the same. Uh, two, okay. years, two, two years ago, that 2017 season that we were all partying uh-huh. nonstop, the first game of the season was against Bethune-Cookman. They only won 38-3. to and in, fact, true. Uh-huh. and in fact, Bethune got the ball first and went down the field and got a field goal. Yes. And for like a five minutes of panic, Bethune was winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that that I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't think this game um, has any. The only way this game can you know really affect uh-huh. the course of the season is if a they're close or b they lose, which they're not gonna lose. Correct. But if they if they sweat out, if they need like a last second field goal uh-huh. to win a game, I know they say a win is a win. Yes. But if that's how they win this game today, we are all all panic mode. No, I agree. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I wanted to say. You hope not to learn anything today. Yeah, yeah exactly. True. No, yeah, I that, agree. So yes, I, yeah, ideally you hope. And next week too, Central Michigan. I know mm-hmm. they are. In the FBS, but they are really bad. Yeah, they went one and eleven last year. Uh, they got the shark humper, uh, Jim McElwain, as their head coach. Mm, Jim McElwain. Yeah, that's right. A- and so, the next two weeks, not going to learn. I mean, you not going to ideally learn anything. And then you have a bye week. And then October fifth, they're at home against Virginia Tech, who are watching right now Correct. on the ACC Network, going up against Furman. Which, by the way, <laughs> right before our show, we had the ACC Network. Uh huh. And I know they have to pick. They have to pick all the ACC games. Yes. 
but they actually wasted time at, at having the three experts, Mark Richt, <laughs> E.J. Manuel, and that other offensive lineman who went to Clemson. All of them had to break down Virginia Tech and Furman. Who you got? Correct. It's like, come on, really? We really needed to waste 10 seconds of our day make, make, uh, breaking down this game? I agree. Even though Virginia Tech has stumbled against the FCS from time to time. They, they have because they lost to uh, – They lost to James Madison a few years back. Correct. That's right. And last year they were really Virginia Tech was really bad. Even Miami went into Blacksburg and, and beat didn't them they struggled against? Uh, I don't know if this. I, I don't know if that school was an FBS school, but uh, Old Dominion, right? They lost Old Dominion. Correct. They, they, uh huh. Yes, that's Old what Dominion I thought. did get moved into FBS, okay. but they but they went on the road and lost to Old Dominion. Yes, they were uh-huh. humongous favorites. Yeah. And so I guess I guess Virginia Tech you have to break down Virginia Tech and Furman because you really don't know. <laughs> you don't know, huh? <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're, it's not the Hurricanes that the only thing we're going to expose the truth on. We're, we're going to expose the truth on the Dolphins, too. And by the way, it could be the same score. However, however many points Miami beats Bethune-Cookman <laughs> by today is the same score that the Patriots could do against the Dolphins tomorrow. This is true. Like so, just, you're, I think if, if you're a Miami fan, you're just hoping to break even. <laughs> that, the I net, like that the, one. Net, the net point differential yeah. between the two games. That makes sense. I mean, if you're a plus, if the Canes went 70 to nothing and the Patriots only win 66-7, to you're still up. Yeah, because... <laughs> The spread on that game, the last time I checked, was like 18. It's, it's hovering around 18 and a half, 19 Correct. around and, there. And now Antonio Browns looks like he's going to play. Yes. And the spread for uh, this afternoon's game is what? It was, I mean, it was 41, for the, but okay. not really on a trustworthy site because uh-huh. the FCS games, uh-huh. they usually wait till the day of the game okay. to post the line. Like, I'm looking at some of them right now. Let's see, 4 o'clock. Looking, scrolling down. Wow, it doesn't, it doesn't have. Oh, yeah. Forty. Oh, it's gone down forty and a half. Mm, okay. M- money, little some slick money pouring in on a Bethune Cookman to, <laughs> to cover the big number. Maybe the band is going to come out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And uh, of course, we got to watch out for weather. We got to watch out for weather. Of uh-huh, course, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Be an issue. And by, yeah, like you know, I hope that we get this game in because you know this is one of those games. If weather somehow gets this game to get canceled, they're not going to make this game up. Oh no! And then that, that's one less game that the Canes have could win. <laughs> True. It would it would affect the the over under total, uh, for the for the season and uh, and so uh, yeah we're gonna expose some truths until three o'clock you know text in six seven nine seven four, get your thoughts and somebody breaks out that uh Boston College last night, they nuked all my parlays because uh, Kansas went into Boston College last night, and they won wow yeah okay they won big and can't yeah Kansas hadn't won a, a power five road game forty eight straight times man, good for them. Yeah. He's starting to believe in Les Miles. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean Les Miles. He had to struggle to get. That's through. right. He is over there, the he, grass eater. He had to struggle to get through <laughs> Indiana State. He lost at home to Coastal Carolina, uh-huh. and then he goes into Boston College and wins like forty-eight to twenty-four. Yo, Dan, does he uh, still uh, eat the grass? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Especially in Kansas. I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, loves it. That's crazy. Okay, okay. Here's the text. I don't care if we win by seven. These games, we just don't want any injuries in this weather. Okay, that makes sense. Well, winning by seven would be problematic. Yeah, it would. We don't want to learn anything today. Yeah, true. Remember that. Yeah, I mean, you want to ideally, maybe, hopefully, you're able to get Jaron Williams out of the game by the third quarter. Mm-hmm. That's ideal. Maybe, hopefully, you see a lot of Nikosi Perry in this Correct. game. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know if Tate Martell's going to get snaps at quarterback. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never, you never know. And so, yeah, don't want to learn anything from this game, ideally. And, uh, uh, at 0-2, this, this doesn't feel like a real game. There's no like hype for this game. Uh, not that that matters. They haven't done well in the games that they've had hype for. But uh, 0-2, that's where the Canes are right now. And you know, Manny Diaz has a lot of questions to be answered. I, I was getting into heated arguments over with all week. People are still – and I mentioned that Manny Diaz hasn't been up to par. People uh-huh. are like, come at me. Like, 
bro, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, they, they are really loving Manny Diaz. I mean, I think people are just loving the energy that yes. he's bringing. But I think one thing that I try to tell people, at what point is – or at what point are you going to look past that? And, again, I love Manny Diaz's energy. I, I mean, I, I really do. That's I mean, all he, it is. Yeah, I mean, his energy reminds me – of Jimmy Johnson, but at the same time, I think for him to have the success of Jimmy Johnson, he's going to need to start winning. And I think you know a lot of UM homers they yeah. forget. <laughs> I mean, for real. Listen, I, I I say that, and you know myself. Listen, I bleed orange and green. I have a tattoo, you know, on my forearm that says Hurricane. But at the same time, you know, I have to be a realist about the situation. And I just think right now Miami has been underperforming and there's been so many reasons as to why they've been underperforming, you know, just mistakes, uh, just not executing down the stretch, both offensively and defensively. And I think Manny has to get he he has to get that straightened out uh, sooner than later, because if he doesn't, then I think that that entire hype train of, you know, Manny Diaz and all this energy that he he brings is going to is going to sink. Yeah, or, or, or crash. That's to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no, it's, it's a fair point. I mean, eventually, all it is is hype. Yeah. And uh, I, I think so far in the first two games of the season, Manny Diaz, not just on the field, but his comments, um, you know, all week, he he has proven to me, at least through the first two games, that he has been a massive fraud. And we're gonna tell you about that <laughs> next. We're really doing in the air tonight for Bethune Cookman. <laughs> Come on, taking it back. I like that, oh, Dan. Taking it back, <laughs> man. I haven't heard this in years, I, I, man. This I, was our, our stretching music. I, we have a, a low key rule in the station that we uh-huh. have to let the song play out until it gets to the big. Oh, drums. Real? Yeah, that's a low key. It's a more of an unwritten rule. It's you know, it's of, funny. Every time I hear this song. I still, to to this day, get goosebumps because, uh, again, I don't know if they still do it, but when I was playing, uh, whenever the fat guys came out, like we came out last, and when we came out, you know, we'll all line up and start to stretch as a team, and they always played this song during our stretching period <laughs> for every home I, game. I mean, I guess every home I mean, There's only yeah. six home games this year, so you can only play it a certain amount of times. Yeah. And, uh, the way the season's Man. going, you got to play it somewhere. Some people text in, uh, Tate Martell's going to throw at least one fourth quarter pick six. <laughs> Come on, man. Give Tate a break, man. Well, I don't know I mean, if he plays quarterback. Who man. is the second string quarterback right it's now? Nikosi. It's Nikosi. It's got to be Nikosi. Yeah, it is. No, it's Nikosi. We'll find out tonight, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah hopefully. I mean, hopefully for good reasons. Hopefully they're up 35 to nothing at halftime and they can, you know, take uh, Jaron Williams out. Canes bros are going to have all their swag back after beating a high school team today. Cannot wait to hear them talk about still being able to win the Coastal. That's another text that comes in. <laughs> I, I, were their Canes fans upset that last night's game was not a, um, a conference game for North Carolina? That doesn't count. It was, yeah. uh, as far as the ACC Coastal standards is concerned, because North Carolina lost yesterday mm-hmm. to an ACC team, but it doesn't count. Because Wake Forest is in the Atlantic, yeah. correct? Yeah. Well, and it's and they they schedule a home and home, the non conference game. That's so right. That's yes. why that's so, so. That's funny there, and we're watching. You know, we got Virginia Tech at Furman on the screen on the ACC network. Virginia Tech is up three nothing now. We, uh, Dan, we got to test this uh, this out uh, just to make sure it works. We also have West Virginia and NC State uh-huh. on the other TV, so we're not allowed to do play by play, not allowed. But we could t- we could talk about scores. We could talk about. We could say that there's a guy injured for Furman right now. That's not illegal. But like West Virginia lines up to kick off, and uh, there it goes. Uh, I guess I, I don't know. I, 
And now I stop. Now, I, now you see that that was borderline illegal, and that's when Brian Flores had to come in and uh, let us know can't do that. Try one more, one more time. One more time. We're gonna test it out one more time. All right. So NC State will take the ball. They will get the ball on the twenty-five yard line. They are down seven to nothing. Whoa! Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. That one, that one works too. That works yeah, too. Maybe the does. texters can let us know which one they like more. Okay. <laughs> well, Brian Flores is too busy worrying about the uh, New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it, it, it's it's going to be bad. Like, if you think it's just going to be a nice, you know, the Dolphins always beat New England at home and it's going to be a competitive game. You, it's, They're not going to cover the spread. It's no, gonna they're be, not. They, I don't think so. I, I have a score. I mean, I, I know we're going to get to our predictions uh-huh. at the end of our show, but I, I have a score that's very, very big. Very, very okay. big in New England. My score, again, I'm not going to give my score away right now, but I can tell you this. My score for the Patriots is. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, never mind, a false alarm. I thought, I, thought the, I thought the drums were coming. It's over 40. And for the Dolphins, it is under 17. Over 40 and under 17, that's that's about right. Yeah. I, I got a big score. I'll tell you, uh, we'll get to our predictions at the end. I will let, we'll let you know what the score is. Here it is right here. Here it is. Uh, here we go. Get this up, I guess. Da, 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 da. Only because unwritten rule. It's only only because it's station policy. You have to let it get to the, the drums. Even though I it's, love it, we're, we're getting fired up for Bethune Cookman. I guess I mean <laughs> it's, it's, it would be the Canes' first win of the season. That's something yes, they get would. fired up for. They're not going to go zero and twelve. Rashad, you can tell everybody the biggest game is the one right ahead of you. This is true. It is, but I think at the same time, you know, we know that uh, this game should get out of hand very early for uh, well for Bethune well for, for Bethune Cookman. Meaning that Miami should, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that Miami is up by at least 21 points or more by the end of the first quarter, at least. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they get that many possessions in the first quarter, then they, they, they should be up 21 nothing or well, seven. Look, well, again, I mean, I'm expecting this defense to to really come out and take it to Bethune Cookman, especially after you know how Hang they looked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know how they looked and how they started really, really slow. Uh, last Saturday against North Carolina, so I'm expecting the I'm, I'm expecting the offense to have a lot of possessions in this first quarter, and I'm expecting I'm expecting that offense to really take advantage of all those possessions with you know six points. Somebody says uh, somebody says what was Jimmy Johnson's record in his first year with the Miami Hurricanes? Now he had so he, he had a rough go his first year. I believe his first year was the Hail Mary year and the. Uh, and the Maryland comeback, uh-huh. the Maryland comeback. We'll look it up right now. But here's the big difference between Jimmy Johnson and Manny Diaz. When Jimmy Johnson first got hired, like he was some guy from Oklahoma State, like, uh-huh. and obviously back then there was no social media back then. True, but people did not like the hire initially, and there was no mm-hmm. hype whatsoever. And uh, it was right after Halich Schnellenberger left to go to the USFL, mm-hmm. and. Um, but Jimmy Johnson wasn't like you know. Obviously, in that days there was, there was no Twitter. He can't tweet out gifts. Yeah. But he he could have showed up on a boat if he wanted to. There was not. He he didn't sell this exuberant amount of hype. He just went in there and took care of business. Mm-hmm. And he had a rough you know first year. But a rough first year is probably gonna be better than what you know a lot of the hurricane seasons over the past is. Jimmy Johnson went eight and five his first eight year five, here in Miami. Five. Okay. Eight and five is an average is a is a is a regular year now for the Miami Hurricanes. Lost in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, they they got they qualified for the Fiesta Bowl at eight at wow. eight and four. Yeah, must have been. I, oh, I mean, hard to eight, believe. Hard to believe. Yeah, eighties. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about it. Jeez. But, but yeah, Jimmy Johnson wasn't you know selling this this idea that the the swag the U is back at the time the Canes had only won mm-hmm. uh, one championship, 
uh, when he when he was hired, and they they weren't really they hadn't they hadn't really been this quote unquote the you mm-hmm. just yet. The expectations were a lot different, and he wasn't you know he he wasn't you know selling this this hype train that Manny Diaz is doing. And so Manny Diaz he sold the hype train. Uh, he said, "This is why I think Manny Diaz has been a massive fraud okay, so far." Okay, let me hear. It starts off with his press conference, his okay. introductory press conference, when he said, when he said. Everybody in this room has to own seven and six, and he fired the offensive staff, and he he made he made sure to say, if you're here or if you're not here, we're all responsible for seven and six. Mm-hmm. Now, in retrospect, I feel like that's a lie. You fired. You obviously think the offense was the reason you went seven and six. Mm-hmm. He fired the offensive staff, basically kept everybody on the defensive staff, and brought in Blake Baker to be the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. from uh, Louisiana Tech. Then. He goes off and you know he starts you know the tweeting the gifts for the recruits the showing up to the wharf on a boat the showing up to that Florida State recruiting party and giving free beer to coaches and uh, Manny Diaz he's got swag he's got energy he's got all the hype in the world and what does he do he goes oh it two when it comes to playing football oh it two and another reason why uh-huh. this 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 has had to, had to do with something he said this week he was very upset about recruits not being loyal to the University of Miami, that mm-hmm. they're swaggering on their commitment. But Manny Diaz, maybe the most disloyal coach of all time. Not all time, but he's a notorious job jumper. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with being a job jumper. Go get your money. But he was at Temple for like five minutes. Uh-huh. And he's preaching loyalty to his recruits. And it doesn't just and it's not just this head coaching job. He would Mississippi State. Texas, and then he did get fired from uh, Texas at defensive mm-hmm. corner. Then he went to Mississippi State again, and then he went to Miami. Like this guy bounces around from from school to school when he was a defensive coordinator. So I, I can't expect him to s- demand loyalty from his recruits when he's a notorious job jumper. That makes him a fraud. Okay, let me say this: I hear everything you're saying, and I think there there are some valid points you're making, but at the same time, I think you're being a little a little too hard, and I understand. Or I get why Manny Diaz did what he did as far as once he got the head coaching job. Because, you know, under Mark Rick and even before Mark Rick, and again, this isn't an indictment on Mark Rick or any other head coach prior to Mark Rick. I just felt like the university, it lost that, uh, I guess you could say swagger, but it lost that edge and that excitement that has always made Miami, Miami. And Manny Diaz wanted to bring that back. And I think Manny Diaz understood that it was going to be a process. I I don't think Manny Diaz was trying to, I guess, hype the players into thinking that, you know, they're going to go out there in their first season and only lose one game or, you know, go undefeated. Because I think we all knew that that wasn't going to happen in his first, in, in, in his first season. But, again, I like what he did because it was just a shot of energy. And I felt like at the time the university needed that because – there wasn't that shot of energy under Mark Rick. I think the only shot of energy may have been that 2017 mm-hmm. season. I mean, but to me, I feel like that season was, I don't want to say a fluke because we we won so many close games, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, that we should have lost. And we had the, part, the party weeks of yeah. Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly. We were, we were a little delusional. So, you know, I liked the energy that Manny Diaz brought to the program. But like I said before in the last segment, I think now it's time to maybe dial it down on that energy and start to really win some games because the only way you're going to validate all that energy and to get people like yourself, you know, to believe in it, you, you know, which you don't right now is by winning games. 
Well, here, here's some proof of uh, Manny Diaz's uh-huh. uh, history of job jumping. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to count, you know, promotion and position. Okay. Like, from graduate assistant to linebackers coach. You know, okay. That's a, that, you could say that's a promotion. True. He's talking about lateral jumps. Okay. You know, he's at Middle Tennessee for as a defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach from 2008 2009. Uh-huh. And then he gets, and then he gets, uh, then he goes to Mississippi State. Fine. You know, you want to jump uh-huh. to the Power Five. Correct. Mississippi State for one year. Okay. And then he go, and then he takes the Texas uh, defense, same job at Texas. Uh-huh. He was there for a few years, and then he got fired after yes. week two by Mac Brown. And then uh, he he goes to Louisiana. He goes back down to uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh-huh. One year. Mm-hmm. Then back at Mississippi State, again one year. And then he goes to Miami. And then you know uh, th- th- those are all lateral jumps. Uh-huh. Many ideas. This not even a promotion in you know in work. I mean I'm sure. He, I mean good for him. He's got to go do what's yeah. best for him. But then to say to turn around and then say to recruits that he would demands loyalty. First off, after going zero and two, and when Manny Diaz is probably the most. You know, he, he jumps jobs more than anybody. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I think it's going to be hard for him to do that. I mean, I heard about what he's trying to do. I just think in this era, as far as social media and so much control that the kids have, you know, uh, at their helm, it's going to be really, really hard for, you know, I think these kids to not maybe change their mind and not say, you know what, I don't want to go here no more. Because I think he's doing something to where I think now the kids can't commit unless I think their parents are with them. And I think there's something else as to where um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I was reading about it. And it makes sense, but I just think it will be very, very hard to really – I don't want to say implement that because you can almost implement anything. But I just think it will be very, very hard to really, I guess – Stand firm on that, if that makes sense. <laughs> Somebody texts in. This is I'm gonna have to go around this uh-huh. text a little. I, I think I could read this text straight okay. up. But I'm not, I'm not taking any chances. Manny Diaz is as loyal as a lady of a night with a drug habit. <laughs> 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 Whoa! Oh, can't say it again. <laughs> okay, okay. But it wasn't play by play. That wasn't illegal play by play. That was reading a text. And illegal I, text. Illegal text. I like I mean, that one. Though. I, I paraphrased the text. I subbed. I swapped words out. Uh huh. So to make it cleaner up, I, I think that was okay. That was on the texter. That, right, it was just one choice word, which I think you could have said it. It's a it's a job occupation. I think it's fair to say, but it's not. <laughs> but, uh, but it's not. You know, it's I fin- get it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but and then somebody's obviously wants to go listen to the Fantasyland podcast because go. He goes, it's Hurricanes game day, and you got this idiot Gator talking bleep on the radio, not listening to this moron. First of all, I'm not a Gator by any means. <laughs> Hate the Gators more than life. And uh, second of all, we're, we're exposing the truth. You can go listen to the Fantasyland podcast. Go follow Kane's football on Twitter, where everything's great. But they're zero and two. They've had one ten-win season since back when you played, Rashad. Yeah, that's right. Like we know, and I, I it's so much show, Rashad. I'm going to bring this up. Okay. I'm not saying it's time to fire Manny Diaz, but I am saying that a contingencies should be talked about. A short list, you know, get that draft Ooh. saved is ready to go. Nah, not, I don't think not, not so. Fire, no, not firing him. Not firing him. It's too early. But not even the contingency. I mean, listen, listen. We are two games into the, into the Manny Diaz era. Well, but now, he's been he's been here since you know 2016. Yeah, but I mean, I just think having the responsibility of a head coach is a lot different than having the responsibility of a coordinator. The only time to me it would be or I guess it will make sense to start to, like you said, maybe talk about a contingency is if Miami, let's just say they come out of this these next two weeks, two and two, and then they come off the bye week and they lose to, what, Virginia Tech and they yeah. lose to... Virginia the week after? Correct. Now, 
if that happens, then I'll be like, ooh, I don't know now. I don't know because, I mean, we'll be, what, two and four? Two and four. And two and four is – And the two wins would be against Bethune in Central exactly. Michigan. Exactly. But I think right now it's still a little too early. And, yeah, I don't want to put that in the air right now. Well, I'm not saying fire him. Of course. We don't want to fire I know fire that. But not, still – Not say fire him. But still, I just think the, the, the contingency plan – Nah, it's a little too early for that right now. We'll give you. Well, I I, got, I have a short list okay. of coaches who I think could be a better fit, <laughs> and I, these are only coaches who would take the job. Obviously, uh-huh. you know, not gonna get like Nick Saban or anything. Uh-huh. Like that. let's, let's let's be real here, and we'll get to some of these names on the short list next. Trail five. M I D County. Y'all already know what time it is. Throw them U's up. Throw them U's up. Oh, throwing them U's up. I love that, Dan. <laughs> I like that. I think this song's okay to be played, regardless of 0-2 or 2-0. I agree. It's just the U. You know, we're, we're all Canes fans over uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. We are. And the game, we got the Canes, Bethune-Cookman, 4 o'clock, uh, two, three hours and 18 minutes away from uh, kickoff, approximately. And uh, we're going to take you up until 3 o'clock, about just an hour if you're driving up to the game, just about an hour before uh, kickoff ends. And... Um, Look, man, we're gonna expose some truths. We we told it. I mean, we're just gonna we're just gonna come out and say it, Rashad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this. I know. <laughs> I, I, I wish we. I wish it was a better times. I, I wish you know we could be two and zero and talking about whether the Canes could beat Clemson. But okay, so you know what? Let's 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 do this. Let's break it down offensively All and right. defensively, right. and let's just say if we start on offense, what position group? Do you think needs well? The there's most one that's, There's one that sticks out. It's and the then, offensive line. <laughs> yeah, and and then on defense, what is the position group that you think needs most uh, the most improvement on that side of the ball? I, it's probably the secondary. I mean, yeah, the, the, uh-huh. the coverage is that North North Carolina was running wide open all Correct. all game. Yeah. you know they got they got off to the seventeen mm-hmm. to three start. Yeah, and then fourth at seventeen, it seemed like a real easy you know mm-hmm. outright. It wasn't like a complicated play that North Carolina ran. Just a little Correct. post corner guy was wide open for the first down, and that's that was the game right there. Well, you know what? With me offensively now. I think the sh- I, I I think there's been a shift, in my opinion, of concern more uh, of the receiving corps because the only person I see emerging every week is KJ Osborne. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, I know Jeff Thomas. You know, we expected so much from him, and we really haven't seen too much from him. And even the other receivers, you know, what I mean. So the offensive line, in my opinion, played a lot better in. Week two than it than they, than they did in week zero, and I understand because you know North Carolina North Carolina their defensive front wasn't uh, I guess as dominant as you know uh, Florida's, but to me it's just the only person I'm seeing showing up in that receiving corps is KJ Osborne, and again I know we have some guys that can fly, and I mean I I've seen we've we've all seen Jeff Thomas do it in the past as far as you know making spectacular catches, making spectacular runs after the catch. So to me, I'm a little alarmed or concerned about, you know, that that receiving corps offensively. And, and you know, there's a, there's a stat I made up. And uh-huh. I think it should be a, a well-known stat documented throughout the football is sack ratio, uh-huh. which is the number of sacks you allow versus the numbers of sacks you commit. Okay. And – in the Florida game, they got out sacked ten to one. Yeah, and then against Carolina, they got out sacked, I believe, four to three. Mm-hmm. So they got out. Outside. By the way, Carolina last night against Wake Forest, Carolina only had one sack themselves, and they allowed six sacks yeah, to Wake Forest. So that that's really concerning about 
the both both pa- the pass rush of the Miami Hurricanes mm-hmm. and the pass protection of the Miami Hurricanes. Correct. So their sack ratio is really bad. They've given up 14 sacks and they've only committed four sacks. So mm-hmm. they're about to give or take a little bit more than th- through it three and a half to one. Yeah, uh, just about. Yeah, on uh, on average. And yeah, this four. Yeah, giving up fourteen seven sacks a game on average the first two games of the season. Now yeah. it's probably going to get better today. True, it <laughs> should him, be playing against it Bethune. Should. Yeah, I mean, I still think Bethune could get two. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if Bethune gets two, well, that's still a problem. It is. No, I agree. And so, I mean, if you can't block that, if you can't protect Jaron Williams against Bethune Cookman, then there's some alarming things. I mean, not that you know, and then next week against Central Michigan. Still, kind of the same thing, you know. Really, should be a, a lopsided mm-hmm. game as well. Then a bye week, and then Virginia Tech, which, by the way, Virginia Tech, uh, they're in a little bit of a tussle with Furman. Yeah, they are. We, right were, now. we were joking, we were making fun <laughs> of these experts for breaking down this uh-huh. Furman and Virginia Tech. Correct. Game. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe a little bit of a game because Furman is up seven to three on Virginia Tech. They are, and they, the Virginia Tech always has the tussle every year with the FCS team. It feels like whether it's Jay Ma- James it Madison. Does. Or this year it's Furman, uh-huh. but yeah, and uh, yeah, because we our TVs right now we got uh, on the top TV we got Fox Sports Florida on, which has the Citadel and Georgia Tech, and we had the bottom TV we have the ACC network, and our cha- our TVs work great, but our our channel changing uh, contraption is frozen. I'm not allowed to change the channels, <laughs> but we do have some computers here. We also got West Virginia surprising NC State at the current moment. I'm very concerned. I need I need NC State to come back and you know take the lead here, but West Virginia is up 14. To seven over NC State. NC State's dropping back the pass and all incomplete. Uh, oh. I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> Just checking to see if you were on your toes there, Dan. Good, good. Um, I thought I could get one by you. I love he it. He was Dan. right there, ready yeah, he for He was. Him. No illegal play by play. And we'll go through some scores here. Georgia up 20 to nothing on Arkansas State. Ohio State only up seven to three on Indiana. First quarter wrapping up. It's at Indiana. Pitt at Penn State. That game just started. There was a long delay. But uh, it's 0-0. If, and then this one, it was interesting. Maryland at Temple. Maryland cracked the top 25 uh-huh. with Mike Loxley. He's a new head coach. Correct. I, I, I like what he's doing over there. Now, if you're wondering if he's on the short list uh, for coaches to replace, potentially replace Manny <laughs> Diaz down the line, the answer is no because I don't think he would take that job after one year at Maryland. And honestly, is how much better is the Miami job than Maryland? we got to be honest. It's almost a lateral move, if we're, if we're being honest. But – they're in a tussle with Temple. They're down seven to two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, they got they got a safety there. Wow. Okay. And I was this game was a little fishy because Maryland they put up sixty three last week against Correct. Syracuse, uh-huh. and they were they were only like seven and a half point favorites, and then it came down to six and a half. It's like whoa, 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 something's up with this game. This game is massively fishy. Yeah, I mean to me that's surprising because if you watched Maryland or even saw their highlights, you know after the first week and last week, I mean they were clicking on all cylinders on offense, man. I mean, Loxley, I mean, he had that that I mean that offense, man, just 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 moving. So I'm a little surprised right now, man, to see that they're down seven two. But you know <laughs> seven two. <It's> so fun. <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, you get this every now and then in college football, you know, there's there's slow starts. I mean look at University of Miami last week against uh North Carolina. I mean we were down what, fourteen to three? Seventeen to three. Yeah, seventeen to three. Uh, they came back and took the yeah, lead. Correct. So yeah, I mean that's still, or the first quarter just ended over there. Seven deuce, the old uh, offsuit. That's the worst hand in poker, by the way. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, the seven, the seven deuce offsuit. Uh, yeah, Miami of Ohio beating Cincinnati on the road, ten to nothing. That game just that's a, that game. The first quarter just wrapped up. You got Tennessee beating Chattanooga twenty-one to nothing. They need a slump us. They talk do. About, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, man. You want to talk about Ooh. dinosaur programs? Tennessee, man. They. I mean, we 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 complain about the Canes down here. Well, I mean, basically, me. 
I'm the only one that notices how bad the Canes have been. But Tennessee, they've been worse. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time Tennessee had a, I guess, a season that we all said to ourselves, wow, okay, Tennessee, I see you. They started off 5-0 and a couple years back uh-huh. with uh, Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback. That's right. That, I forgot about him. They had that uh-huh. Hail, Hail Mary against Georgia. Correct. They thought that they were back at Tennessee. And then they played A&M in Alabama back-to-back weeks. And then the party ended and they finished 8-4. I would yeah. say the last time we really noticed Tennessee was T. Martin in the national championship. That's, wow. That's 1998. That far back? That's 1998. Wow. <laughs> that far back, Dan? I'm saying. I mean, I was yeah. in high school back then. Wow. I, I felt like the ages – when the Angels were quarterbacking, whether it was Eric Ainge yes, or... Yes, I was going to say that. Uh-huh. Or no, I think it was one Ainge. It was the Clausens. Clausens, yes. I know Jimmy Clausen went to Notre Dame, but the other Correct. brothers went to Tennessee. Because uh, his older brother beat us in 2003. Casey Clausen, that's yes, right. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, and I went to 10-6 in the Orange Bowl. That was uh, the, you know, I'm a soldier uh, uh, yeah. rant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kellen Winslow. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a, uh-huh. He has his yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just going. We're going to look at Tennessee football. History. But funny story though about uh, Clawson. Listen, the biggest feet I've ever seen on a quarterback. I kid you not, Dan and uh, Robbie. His feet or his shoes looked like he had clown shoes on. Like what no joke. You? He had. Listen, he had to wear like at least a size like sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sixteen, seventeen. Like the, wow. That's listen, he listen. He has some big feet, man. And obviously, obviously big enough to win, get a win in the Orange Bowl. But was he the quarterback the year before when you guys went up there and pounded him with Jason Wynn? They no, went up to Neyland Stadium and pounded I don't, him? I don't think so because I remember him distinctly that year in 2003. I don't know who was the quarterback that year in 2004. And mind you, that was the biggest stadium I've ever played in uh, before. Well, actually, I think in my entire career, I think uh, college and pro. I mean that was listen that stadium was huge and man all that we heard all, all that we heard was Rocky Top man oh my god so I, I got Tennessee football history up uh-huh. on my screen so okay. 1998 they went 13 and 0 and obviously they won the title, won the title with Philip Fulmer you know I mean their last 10 win season was 2007 when Philip Fulmer was the coach and then you know they went five and seven and then that was Philip Fulmer's last year uh-huh. and I see a lot of seven and six six and seven two three straight five and sevens a seven and six. Two straight nine and fours, and then a four and eight and a five and seven, and now they're okay. zero two to start. So they they've been really yeah. sitting on mediocrity. Did I say mediocrity like I'm a Canadian? <laughs> like I'm a Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they've had it really bad, and I believe they've lost to Alabama like fourteen or fifteen straight times, and all yeah. by a lot of points. That's, that used to be the big yeah. rivalry, the the third Saturday in October. They have some, listen. They they've had some players that have come out of there. I mean, Alvin Kamara, Aaron yeah. Foster, Aaron uh, Foster. I think Eric Berry, right? He Eric came, Berry yeah, came out of yeah. Tennessee. That is correct. Uh huh. And uh, Robert Ayers, the defensive lineman, That's I believe. Correct. Yeah, so uh-huh. he, was, he came out of Tennessee, but yeah, they've had it rough. Also, score checking scores around the league. Uh, Kansas State up ten to nothing on the road at Mississippi State. Kansas State, man, I remember growing up, man. Kansas State with Bill, Michael Bishop, man. They were they Bill were the Snyder. truth. He yeah, still got it. He's seventy nine years tr- old. Listen, they were the truth back then, man. And then and then they blew it and they lost to uh, Texas A and M in yeah. the uh, in the title game, Big Twelve yep, title game. Correct. Yeah. And then you also have the, the Furman has the ball. Uh, it looks like they're, they're, it's third down and two. They're inside Virginia Tech territory. They're up seven to three on Virginia Tech uh, at Virginia Tech. Obviously, obviously Virginia Tech's not playing at Furman, <laughs> but and uh, that, that that game's a little interesting. And we got that game on the TV. NC State against Virginia West Virginia, fourteen to seven is up. And uh, how about this? Illinois only up seventeen to fourteen on Eastern Michigan. And 
I guess on the top screen we got over here the Citadel. They're up early, seven to nothing on Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia Tech might be wishing they had the triple option again because that's what <laughs> the Citadel. I figured Georgia Tech would know how to stop Citadel's offense because that's what Georgia yeah, Tech's been, so. been running for the last eleven years. It's you know what? It's funny because during the break we were talking about Demarius Thomas, and it's just still so hard for me to believe that he got drafted out of Georgia Tech when they were running the triple option. Like, I mean, what type of film as a scout do you look at, you know, when you're trying to evaluate a receiver that's in a triple – I mean, that's in a triple option offense. Like, seriously. And now Demarius <laughs> Thomas is on the Jets. <laughs> back uh, – a former Bronco, back with Adam Gase. Yeah. He, has, he has his issues too. And uh, Well, all right, we, we were mentioning – I said it was going to get to the short list. We were going to get to the short list of Miami coaches out there in college football who I think could be – should be talked about. Okay. For potentially down the line. Not now. Don't want to fire Manny Diaz right now. But potentially the thought process should be in place. We'll get to those <laughs> names next. <laughs> 